You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. Our message this week comes to us from our kids and junior high pastor, Pastor Lori Attack. Have a listen. There's this woman, this elderly lady that came into a church service and the usher greeted her very nicely and he held her arm and he was escorting her in and he said to her, ma'am, where would you like to sit today? And she said, I want to sit at the very front row. And he said, oh, ma'am, you don't want to sit there. He said, the preacher's kind of boring and he'll put you to sleep. And she's like, excuse me, do you know who I am? And he says, no, ma'am, I don't. And she said, I'm the pastor's mother. And he says, oh, my, ma'am, do you know who I am? And she said, no, I don't. He says, thank God. (laughs) So my prayer today is that I don't bore you. Today I want this message to be an encouragement and a reminder of just how awesome God is. I want to start today by reading eight scriptures about the goodness of God and the hope that he offers us. The first one is John 3.16, and it says, For God so loved the world, even though it's going to be read differently there, but for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Philippians 4 and 13 that says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Deuteronomy 24 that says, For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies, and he will give give you victory. Joshua 1 and 9 says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Romans 5 and 1 says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace and, God be- and with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, to trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And Romans 15 and 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confidence, a confident hope through the prayer of the Holy Spirit or through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, sorry, that was a lot of scriptures, but they are good scriptures that I wanted us to hear. Um, As Christians, our hope should ultimately be in Jesus. It should be in Jesus above everything else. He is, his word is true, his word is light, and his word is for us, each one of us. Now, I believe for the most part, we really do try to put all of our hope and our trust and our faith in Jesus. But who would agree with me today that sometimes our circumstances, they can either have our hope go to other things, even though we don't really mean it to be that way, or we can be so burdened with something in our own lives, in our own circumstances, that we find it hard to see or find the hope that we have in Jesus. Now, my prayer today is that we would be so encouraged that we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is alive and that he is with us and that we will not leave here today the same as what we walked in and that we will not leave here today without knowing, believing, and trusting God and what he has already done for us. Now, my message today is entitled, Hope, God is Fighting for Us. Who believes that God is fighting for us? 
Now, we all have hurts. Every single one of us in this room has hurts. Some are deeper than others. And yes, men, you have hurts too. I know men are the biggest ones for not admitting their hurts. But you know what? I believe that sometimes the way that, that we react, you know, uh, maybe we're a little harsh or maybe we're, we're mean. Usually it's because of a hurt in our own life. So that applies to men and women alike. Many of us go through times when we say, how can I have a hope when everything looks so hopeless? Have you ever found yourself saying that? The truth is that sometimes we lose our hope due to tough life situations. Who would agree with me that sometimes it's hard to have or to feel that hope when life seems to be falling apart? Maybe life isn't actually falling apart, but we just feel so discouraged. We keep trying, but nothing seems to change. We take two steps forward and one step back. Maybe it's just people in our life. Maybe they just keep letting us down. Maybe you're going through some financial difficulties. Maybe money is so tight that you're just living paycheck to paycheck. You don't even know how you're going to pay for your car or you don't know how you're going to get your rent together. Maybe you're going through a major life crisis or health issue. Maybe it's a trial. Maybe you're feeling isolated or maybe because of your circumstances, you have lost sight of that hope for the thing that Jesus has for us. Maybe you too have those days when you just feel hopeless. I get it. I really do get it. It can be extremely hard. We can feel so alone in our circumstances and the pain in our daily life that sometimes our emotions, they just take over. Emotions, they sure can dictate how we feel or dictate the choices that we make. Sometimes we even beat ourselves up asking, why do I feel this way? Where is my hope and my faith? Now, it's a good question for us to ask because we want to make sure that we are staying close to God no matter what, even through those difficult times. And that can be so tough sometimes. Our trial can either bring us closer to God or it can take us away. But we need to try to remember that just because we feel that way sometimes does not mean that we lack the faith or the hope in Jesus. It does not mean that we don't trust him with our circumstances. And it does not mean that we don't believe that our life is in his hands. I believe that it means that we are human. And that we feel pain because life can be very hard at times. Sometimes we just need to let ourselves off the hook. We just need to let ourselves feel and be okay with that. I do not know how many times I could tell you that someone has told me that they don't come to the altar for prayer because they're afraid they're going to cry. I'm like, cry. Cry is healing. It took me a long time to figure that out. I used to run away whenever I cried because I didn't want anybody to see me. But crying is healing. God created us with emotions, and it's okay to feel sad or to cry or to express ourselves. I even think if people were less afraid to express themselves emotionally, that we wouldn't be all so bound up inside. Plus, we are a family. Who do you say we're a family? We are a family. Families help one another. They listen, they encourage, and they're there for each other. Now, I know not all families are like that, but God's design of family is like that. He wants that. 
He wants us to help and trust one another. He wants us to have the hope and the trust in him also. Jesus is our hope, and he is fighting for us. Can you guys say that Jesus is fighting for us? He is fighting for us. He is our strength. He is with us always, and we need to increase our hope and our faith so that when days of troublesome, those difficult days, when they come, we have his word right here in our hearts, no matter where we are. The more we know in our hearts, the more we memorize, the more we, the more we know scripture and we have it in our hearts, the more we can go to him in those times. That's why reading and memorizing scripture is so important. He is our hope. He is our everything. Isaiah 40, 28, 39 says, have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God. He is the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, our slogan here today at SPC is hope grows here. Now, where is that hope? I mean, is it in this building? I mean, I really hope not because we know that it leaks. We know that it's cold sometimes. I mean, sometimes my office is very cold. Um, We know that lights burn out. We know that the glass door breaks. It's broken right now. Is our hope in Pastor Jeff or Pastor Stefan or Pastor Jordan or myself? I hope not because if it is, we're going to let you down because we are just people. But the hope that grows here at SPC is a hope that grows here in our hearts. And as we build relationships with each other as a family of God and we look to the Lord for our guidance, we will grow spiritually and in our personal relationship with God. It will also grow. Pastor Jeff said last week that we are brothers and sisters. And as we grow together as that family of God, our hope will increase and we will become stronger. Be encouraged today because he is with us. When we all work together to help one another and to love each other in tangible ways and to care with a heartfelt care, then even in our brokenness, we will feel complete because we will have the hope that only Jesus offers us. Romans 8 and 28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God, and are called according to his purposes for them. Now, we may live in different houses. We may have different jobs. We may have different lives. But we have, but we have each other. And we have a heavenly father. He is the father of hope. And he can change anything. I believe with my whole heart that we need to stay focused on him no matter what we go through. Do you guys believe that? Today, I would like to look briefly at three stories of the Bible about what it looks like for some hurting people, yet through desperate hope, their life was changed from hurting to healing, just like that in the blink of an eye. The first Bible story is a paralyzed man found in Luke 5. He was lowered through the roof to get healed by Jesus. 
Now, Jesus was going from town to town performing miracles, and everyone wanted to see him. People were excited wherever they heard that Jesus was in their area because they either wanted to see a miracle happen or they wanted to be healed themselves. Now, Jesus entered one of the homes in Capernaum, I always say that wrong, and people quickly gathered around him. If Jesus came here, what would we do? We'd run out there, we'd want to get around him, we'd want to get near him, and that's what they did too. So many people came to, that, to, to where he was, but the, that there was no more room left. The place was packed. Now, I'm sure people were pushing each other and squeezing and, and, and trying to get in. And, and there was even people outside waiting for when he left. But there were these four men who heard that Jesus was in town. And they decided to carry their paralyzed friend on a mat to see Jesus so that their friend could be healed. But when they got to the house where Jesus was, they realized that there's no way they could get him in there. Luke 5, 19 says, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and they took off some tiles. And then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Now that might sound impossible, but houses were built differently there. Many houses had staircases on the outside, so that's how they would get up to the flat roof. And I'm sure the roof material was easy to break through because that hole would have to be pretty big to lower that man through. The Bible says that after digging through the roof, the men lowered the mat with the paralyzed man on it. They lowered it down in front of Jesus. Now, imagine everyone just listening intently, and then all of a sudden, they hear something from above, and everybody looks up. Everyone stops. and They can't figure out what's going on up there. Basically, things are crumbling down and falling all around, and they want to see what's going on. They probably pulled back a little bit as the stuff was falling. But then all of a sudden, down comes the man. See, these men, they were so sure that Jesus would be able to heal him or else they would not have gone through such measures. They had such a strong faith. Now, there is more to that story about sin and how sins were forgiven, but that's not what I want to see concentrate on today. So let's just jump down to verse Luke 5, 24 to 26, and it says, So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them. He took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. You see, those four men, they had such a desperate hope that Jesus healed their friend on the spot just like that. Let's look at the second story. It's the woman who touches Jesus' robe. Now, this story also talks about Jairus' daughter, which is the third story that we're going to touch on. But let's start with reading Luke 8, um, 40, I think, to 42. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet. He was pleading with them to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. And Jesus went with him. He was surrounded by the crowds. I'll stop there for a second. It says, just imagine as Jesus moves towards Jairus' house, the streets are jammed. The crowds are there. The crowds are moving in. It's sort of like, has anybody been to the, like, the Rogers Center? I think it's called something else now. But the Rogers Center, after a game, there's just people. It's like a stampede. It actually feels a little bit scary at times when everybody's just pushing and shoving and trying to get, especially when it's time to leave. 
But I'm sure that Jesus had the same type of difficulty pushing through those crowds while Jairus was freaking out about his daughter. His daughter's life was slipping away from him every moment that they wasted. He was probably screaming, my daughter, my daughter, move out of the way, move, she's dying. But meanwhile, let's just continue to read for a second. Verse 43, it says, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Now just imagine the hopelessness that that woman must have felt. First for being sick for so long. I mean, 12 years is a long time with such an ailment. Must have made her weak with the loss of blood. But also because no doctor could heal her. She had tried everything. Now in Leviticus, it tells us that a woman with bleeding issues was considered unclean. So she couldn't even go into the marketplace or into the worship. She was considered unclean and just cast aside. Anything she touched would become unclean. But she heard that Jesus was coming. And she was so excited. And she thought, this is a chance I have to be healed. He can touch. If I just could just touch him. She just wanted to reach Jesus. But to reach him, she had to push her way through those crowds. All the while, while they're heading to Jairus' house. She was weak, but she gathered up enough strength to just push through and push through. She knew if she just touched him just touched him, he could heal her. Her faith was so strong. Let's read, continue reading. It says, who touched me? Jesus asked. Now Jesus knew that someone other than the many people that were pushing and touching him had touched him. He knew that. It said, everyone denied it. And Peter said, master, the whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Peter said, someone deliberate, I mean, but Jesus said, somebody deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and she fell to her knees in front of him. Now, I can imagine that she didn't feel worthy enough to go and ask Jesus to heal her. After all, she probably wouldn't want anyone knowing that she was even there in the crowd. I mean, she was in such an unclean condition. She thought, but if I could just touch his clothes, I could be healed. What hope, what faith she had. And she thought that no one will know. She could just go off and be healed and get on with her life. But Jesus felt the power leave his body. He knew the difference between being pushed and shoved and someone touching him with faith. continue to read it says the whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed and Jesus said daughter your faith has made you well go in peace now he called her daughter how beautiful is that I mean I'm sure she felt like a piece of gross garbage but to Jesus she was precious and now she was healed and he called her daughter probably to help her to take that unworthy feeling away from her. See, many people had been touching and pushing Jesus that day just to get close. But the one whose faith was strong is the one who was healed. She had such a desperate hope that the healing would come. And it did just like that. 
Which brings me to the third Bible story, which is the continuing of this story, Jairus and his daughter. It says in Luke 8.49, it says, while he was still speaking to her, the woman, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and he told him, your daughter is dead. There is no use troubling the teacher now. Can you imagine how Jairus must have felt in that moment? I mean, desperate, exhausted, worried, sick, and now totally devastated. This was daddy's little girl. I mean, the apple of his eye, his only child. To be told, don't bother asking Jesus to come now because she's dead. I mean, clearly Jesus went there in the first place because he had such strong faith. When he heard that Jesus' boat was coming, he left that daughter to go to Jesus for that healing. His faith, it was alive, it was real, and he knew that Jesus could heal him. Let's read verse 50, and it says, But when Jesus heard what had happened, he told, he said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, but have faith, and she will be healed. Now, I can imagine Jesus trying to comfort Jairus. I mean, he might have wiped his tears. He might have tried to calm him down. He might have given him a hug. But whatever Jesus did, it doesn't matter. The one thing we know that Jesus did was he gave Jairus one instruction. And that one instruction was have faith. And she will be healed. Verse 51 says, when they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, James, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing. But he said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She is only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew that she had died. Then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, my child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned, and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Now, the Bible says in Matthew that when Jesus went through Nazareth, he didn't do much healing because of the lack of faith. Jairus' home, home that day also had a lack of faith. I mean, they laughed and they mocked, it, mocked Jesus because of their unbelief. I mean, it's likely that they were saying, yeah, right. He's not going to be able to heal her. She's already dead. What does he think? I imagine that is why Jesus only had his disciples and the little girl's parents go in with him into that room because he did not want any lack of faith in that room. His disciples, they were learning about ministry, and his girl's parents, well, they had that desperate hope. They had a faith that their little girl would be healed and would be alive and with them. You see, Jesus offered them that hope because he was fighting for them. The Bible is filled with stories like this. Faith and hope is vital. We need that. Say faith and hope is vital. Every difficulty in your life, whether it's big or whether it's small, is something that God will use to produce more strength, more faith, and more hope if you let him. Even when we feel weak, God is making us stronger. And when we place our hope and our trust in him, he will be there with us no matter what. That terrible burden that you face today, that trial that's in your life, it may be the very thing that God uses to take you to a whole new level in your walk with him. I'm sure that each of these people in those stories were never the same after. They had a strong faith that day, but... I'll bet you that it was way stronger when they left. 
We need to rely on God's power, his Holy Spirit power, and what it can do in our lives. Look at what it did in those people. Ephesians 3, 16 and 19 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will, be make, will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to fully understand, and then you will made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. Now, those of you that know me and have known me for a long time know that I was in a terrible car crash at the age of 13, and it left me pretty broken up, and I was in a convalescent hospital for just over one year. Now, in that accident, among many other things that I lost, I lost my kneecap. Now, after I became a Christian in my late 20s, I prayed for years about my knee. I was in pain a lot, and I took a lot of Advil, and I was actually really worried, or painkillers, I was actually really worried about the amount that I consumed. I learned to cope and to survive and to just put up with it and to try to cover up my suffering as much as possible. Something that we all do. We all are masters at covering up what we're, what we're dealing with. Now, let's just jump ahead for just a sec. I will come back to that. Most of you also know that I am walking through a very difficult place, hard place in my life right now. I've, been to I've told you before that how close that I've gotten to God through this trial in my life. Uh, I used to think I was close to him because I was, but I am much closer now. Um, it's amazing what trials and pain in your life can actually do to you when it, with your relationship with God. It's like night and day. It's just a huge difference. I'm going to try not to cry. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. Remember what I just said about crying? Okay. Well, trials, they have a way of drawing us nearer to Jesus. Now, I cry out to him daily. I cry out to him literally daily. I really do for direction and answer to my why has this happened to me, Lord. Have you guys ever asked that question? Like, why? Why? It doesn't make sense. I pray daily for more of the Holy Spirit's power and strength in my life. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to ask somebody to give me a drink. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Oh, I pray for more of the Holy Spirit's power and strength in my life. I actually say, Lord, fill me so much that I'm bursting at the seams. And after I say that out loud, I usually giggle. Because I can just picture myself bursting at the seams. <laughs> Silly, but I am so desperate for God to reveal himself to me in a way that is so different that I would know that I know that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is with me in my trial and in my pain and in my whys. Those whys. Have you ever kind of pleaded with God through it and you say, God, please just show me a sign, any kind of a sign, something, anything just to bring me clarity that you're there? Well, I have done this daily, 
almost constantly, just so desperately wanting him to reveal himself to me in a deeper way. I just want him more. Now, let's just go back to my knee for a sec. When you have one knee that barely works, the other knee works overtime. So instead of one bad knee, I've lived with two bad knees for over 40 years. And I've gotten older and heavier. The pain has just gotten worse. On June the 30th of this year, I was on holidays. And Pastor Jeff, he always encourages us to go someplace else when we're on holidays, just so we get a complete rest. And I think all of you guys were in the park, the service in the park at the time. Well, that Sunday, no one knew where I was going. Well, God knew where I was going. God knew. I was sitting in a service of about 500 to 700 people. I was sitting in the very back row. Very unlike me. I usually sit in the very front, but I didn't want to take somebody's seat. It's a new church. I don't know where they sit. So I decided to sit at the very back. After the message, the preacher said that God is healing someone's knees. I immediately, in the moment, felt something right there in my, in my chest. And I turned to Heidi, who was with me, and I said, I think that was me. Well, the preacher, he continued to talk and say stuff like, well, the person works on their knees and, you know, going on like that there. And I immediately lost my hope that it was me. And I didn't go up for the call to prayer. And I didn't. There was lots of people that went up, but I did not. I just went home. But I knew that something was different. Yet I was afraid to tell anyone. That day, I had not prayed for my knees at all. As a matter of fact, I can't remember the last time I prayed for my knees. It was years and years and years ago. But like I said a few moments ago, I had been praying continually for God to show me that he loves me and that he cares about me and that he is with me in the difficult journey that I'm on. I desperately wanted him to show me that he was with me. Now, I told Anne Gagnon what had happened and that I was afraid to tell people in case my knees started to hurt again. How often do we do that? My goodness, Jesus just showed himself to me. He showed him completely to me, and I'm in unbelief. I'm standing there going, well, what if he doesn't? Where was my trust and my hope in that? Truthfully, I think it was shattered due to my circumstances, to be honest with you, but there's no, it's not an excuse. Just like many of you today, you're on difficult journeys and sometimes the hope doesn't seem to be there. But I encourage you today to cry out to God and to believe that he will meet you exactly where you need him to meet you. Trust him. Anne told me that day, she said, you will surely have some knee pain again. You're getting older. There'll be some time that it will hurt. But you need to claim this healing. It's real and it's happening. Why not shout it from the rooftops? So today I'm shouting it from the rooftops, and on June 3rd, 2019, Jesus healed my knees. Even the big hole, and it sits around that big on the top of my knee, is also healed. It used to be hollow, and now it is solid. It no longer hurts to touch it. My grandchildren would just touch my bottom part of my leg or something. It would set it off for weeks. It doesn't do that anymore. Look it. I can hit it. And the other one. It doesn't hurt. I have this one tiny spot on one of my scars. And Dominica and Mary, I did tell them, they told me that that spot God left 
as a reminder of what he did for me that day. And I accept that because you know what? I believe that's the truth. I need to always remember what he has done for me. My desperate hope for God to reveal himself to me showed up on June 30th, 2019 in the most awesome way. No one knew that I was going to that church. I don't know the preacher, and he does not know me. It was a divine appointment that was set up by God himself. He sent me there. He put me in that seat in that particular place. He spoke through the preacher so that I would receive a touch and a healing. And I sometimes wonder why it didn't happen here. But you know what? I'm always so busy here. I'm always running around doing this and that. I didn't have time to just sit and wait upon God. Yeah, he could have done it in my home, but you know what? I'm glad he did it there. I'm glad he did it there. I was resting and I was in his presence and I felt his power. And I felt that power right there so strong. We don't know why God does stuff a certain way. I mean, he could have just changed my situation. He could have just made things better, but he didn't. He could have just made things, you know, totally, he could have just changed everything. But for whatever reason, God knows best. And despite what we think, he knows how to handle things in the right way. Despite my trials, despite anything, my prayer was answered that day, and he showed his love in the most awesome way by healing my knees. His timing is perfect, and he knows everything. He heard my cries, he heard my prayers, and he hears your cries, and he hears your prayers. He knows us. He knows what we need, he knows when we need it, and he knows how we need it. Everything he does, he does for such a time as this. He is our hope because he is fighting for us. The one thing in common with each of those Bible stories is that each one of them had a desperate hope that Jesus would touch them personally and change their situation. Their hope was des desperate and definite. They knew each of those stories increased someone's faith that day, and it spoke to the hearts of other people. No one watching that stayed the same. God is faithful, and that is where hope is. Sometimes we are so wounded in our pain and our struggles that we can't even hear him when he speaks to us. Our hearts are so wounded that we can't see him when he is right there in front of us. But Proverbs 8, 17 says, I love all who love me. Those who search me will surely find me. Don't lose hope. I believe that day that God showed me he was with me in my trials. He showed me in a way I could never, ever, ever have imagined. He answered my prayer when I asked him to show me with a sign. Boy, was that an awesome sign. But he, guess what? He does that for you too, and he is there for each one of us. He loves us. Our hope needs to remain in him no matter what we face. He is our father and he loves us and he sees everything, everything that we're going through. And hope comes out of faith. And no matter what, God is fighting for you. He is on your side. So please be encouraged today to hang on even if you think you can't see or feel him. Have faith that he will reveal himself to you personally and in a mighty and powerful way, because we serve a powerful and mighty God who changes lives, who heals brokenness, who heals wounds, who heals bodies, who touches lives in the deepest way of our being. He is worthy to be honored and praised. 
Thanks for listening to Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.